Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, because we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, Six Pack Discussions. It's Tuesday evening. You're here with uh, Jared Jones and Cody Willis. Jared, what are we talking about today, man? Uh, we're going to be talking about divorce, uh, maybe divorce rates a little bit, and uh, also maybe the root cause, who's to blame. I love it. Yeah. A little bit more emotional. We've gotten a lot of factual lately. We've just been yeah. kind of berating you with different statistics, so we wanted to kind of talk about the heartstrings a little bit, maybe. Yeah, we're kind of going from a pretty big uh, change. Yes, what, last week we talked about marijuana? Yeah. <laughs> and now we're talking about divorce. Um, Are they correlated? No. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But here's a funny little side story, anecdotal type situation, just to kind of set the mood, I think, for this whole podcast. So I'm on the way here right now. Yep. Driving. And uh, as you know, I like to listen to Dave Ramsey rant on people. Oh, yeah. Love it. And uh, <sighs> hilarious. So a woman calls in, says, hey, Dave, uh, have a unique situation. Want to get your thoughts here and, and financially understand what I should do. My husband wants to get a paper divorce. Paper divorce. And he's like, you mean like get divorced on paper but not actually get divorced? She's like, yeah. He's like, okay, either you don't do it and you hang up right now. Uh, or, or sorry, if you don't do it, great, I'll talk to you. But if you do do that, hang up right now because I'm not going to give you any advice. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, mm. right? A paper divorce. He's like, what are you trying to do? Exactly. Fraudulate the government? I was about to say, that way they change the income? Bingo. He's like, yeah. She's like, well, my assets are pretty high and I have a pretty good income and my husband doesn't. And he does have a couple of kids who are a mixed or a blended family. So they're going to start going off to college and he wants to have the government pay for their college, get government assistance and they can't do that with their total income for a family mm. so just to set the mood there a little bit is that not the craziest thing you've ever heard and, it, and when i give you the amount of money that they earn shows you how wrong this is she uh, makes four hundred thousand dollars a year she has 3.2 million dollars in assets right so nice wow. house wow he makes a hundred thousand dollars a year yes oh my gosh yes yes $200,000 in the bank and he wants to divorce her so that the government will give his two kids, his two daughters that are older money. That's Canada, by the way. You know, I'm a, I'm a big Dave Ramsey guy. What, what was his take on that? I'm sure you just thought that was ludicrous. He said, if you plan on doing that, you are an idiot. Good. That is the most wrong thing you should ever do is, do you guys not love each other? Do you not believe in the uh, the, the the purpose of marriage, right? Uh, you're trying to take money from other people by the loopholes that are in the system. Well, you know, I, I really think, look, maybe, maybe this is just very naive of me, but I want to fundamentally think that that person, uh, let's just call him Bob. I really hope that Bob wasn't thinking that it's his neighbors, it's you, it's me, that is going to be, you know, taking money out of our pockets. To pay that. I, I just don't think people think that the government actually does come from your neighbor and comes from you. No, I, I think that is one of the, I think a lot of our conversations come down to this. They do. This I think, is very repetitive. This yeah. is getting annoying that we keep yeah, I think drilling the, on this. I think yeah. the challenge is, is that government money is not coming from the government. Yeah. It comes from your next door neighbor. It comes from your your family. It comes from your friends that you have at coworkers at does, work. And if it does root come from the government, well, guess what happens? Inflation. Because they just start pressing the button. And all that is is a tax on everybody. Exactly. Yeah. So in one way or shape or form, it is coming from your neighbor. Yes. So divorce, wow, guys. That's freaking horrible. But it, we, that kind of sets it up today. Like divorce, you know, th there are people out there that are taking advantage of the situation clearly. And even people that are making a lot of money. So if you're in a, if you're in a bind and you're not actually one of those high income earners, I'm wondering if that may be happening on the opposite side of the spectrum. We'll talk about that, of course, yeah, of facts course. a little bit and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's a, that actually really makes me mad. I'm, I'm mad that you shared that story. I, uh, that's a lie. I'm mad that you were able to share that story. You know what I mean? It shouldn't have happened. Shouldn't have happened. Golly. All right. What you got from you? Okay, dude. So divorce in America. Uh, I, I think everybody is aware of the, I think, the most famous stat which is all marriages and uh, I'm sorry, 50% of all marriages end. bingo, 50% yep. of marriages will end in divorce. So one in two marriages, you know, you're either you you and your wife or your friend and your, their wife. Yep. 
you know, it's 50% of marriages are going to end in divorce, um, which is striking, strikingly high, um, as you can imagine. And it has been increasing uh, since the 1960s or so. 1960s, um, I think it was like 7 or 10%. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. Right? So 1 in 10 yeah. Uh, less than that, one in five, yeah. one in ten. I, I can't believe how much it's grown. Yeah, yeah. I know what you meant. Yeah, um, so much lower, Freaking wild, much yeah. lower uh, divorce rates. It's been rising since the 1960s, um, and I think there's a couple of possible different reasons. I don't think anybody's been able to pinpoint something specifically. Um, I'm going to drill down on on I think um, welfare specifically, and I think there might be a correlation there a little bit. I don't know if you think there's anything that you want to drill I, down into. I'm, I'm definitely. Um, I think societal expectations are uh, one. It's very hard to quantify that, so yeah. that's going to be some fluffy BS I'm going to have to spin up. But I see uh, where you're going there. But definitely societal expectations, I think, is a, is a pretty big cause, and then also the income piece. I love it. Yeah. Um, so a couple of kind of fun stuff here uh, for anybody listening um, that thinks about divorce. What are the repercussions to society for divorce? Because you know we're talking about divorce. Is it bad? Is it good? I think yeah. that's maybe where we should start, yeah. maybe, is... It sounds like, oh yeah, divorce. It's not. It's not always bad. Maybe it's a, a abusive relationship. Maybe they don't. They don't love each other or anything like that. Yeah. Well, there's actually a lot of unintended consequences because of divorce. If you have children, I was going to say, if, if you have kids, children. So I don't know if you came across this, but let me just rattle a couple things off here. So if you have a a mom and a father, um, that's which majority of marriages are in America. Um, you're actually going to do your children a lot of good. Um, and what that means is, is if you now uh, go through a divorce, and most of the time the children stay with the mother. Yep. Um, moms are just better people. We know that. Dads, unfortunately, they walk out sometimes. They're as shitty. A whole, as a whole, yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're, I'm totally fine that. We're saying that as a guy. Like, I understand that moms probably are almost always better people, especially with children. Mm-hmm. They really are. So what happens is they stay with the mom. Now they're a single parent household uh, headed by a female. Mm-hmm. Those households see a couple of stats twice as likely to be arrested for a juvenile crime that kids for a single parent uh, mom-headed household, twice as likely to be treated for emotional and behavioral problems, twice as likely to be suspended or expelled from school, and a third more likely to drop out before completing high school. Mm. Last one, this is probably the most impactful, not only with the high school, of course, and girls, right? So uh, any girls that are in the uh, children, are twice as likely to have a child without being married if gro- if grown in a single-parent, uh, female-headed household. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you do that? You're repeating a cycle yep. of single-parent, female-headed households. It's, it's a vicious cycle almost. Yeah, man. Um, horrible statistics. Right? Not share. fun. It, it's, it's heavy. It makes you almost upset and also kind of like... When I was reading through that stuff, I, what I was I could not do is not actually talk about them out loud with my wife. They were that impactful with me. I was like, oh my gosh, can you believe the children out there that are having to deal with this stuff? What do you think about that stuff? Yeah, you know, um, so I'm a, a product of uh, my parents got divorced, uh, I think when I was six, seven years old. Um, it's one of those things, man, where those statistics really piss me off. Yeah. Um, I remember I saw something, I want to say, I think this was back when I was at the Academy, man. And and I saw, it was like, not a motivational poster, because it wasn't, in, it, I knew it was on some some website, maybe the journal, I don't know. But anyways, it was a, a picture of, it was depicted as a homeless man, you know, mm-hmm. sitting there begging for money. And some guy asked him, oh, you know, why are you this way? Oh, my, my parents got divorced early. And then on the opposite side. Businessman. Businessman. Clearly looks very, very successful. Could be his brother. Could be. And is like, hey, why are you this way? Why are you so, so successful? Um, my, my parents got divorced early. Be- because it's a mindset. You know, yeah. it really bothers me whenever you allow other people's decisions to drastically impact your life. Now, so, I will say that you do, you do think there's an effect, though. Now, oh, I do think there's an effect. Okay, yeah. Okay. But, but it's one of those things where it just really bothers me because I, I don't think it's as strong as an effect as the statistics, statistics are, are letting on. Okay. I, I, think, I think the statistics are cop-out almost. Like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm allowed almost. Because I'm going through this, mm. I'm allowed to kind of suck a little bit more because I can always fall back on the, well, I came from a divorce household. So yeah. I don't have to. So that's where I get, I personally take it. Yeah. 
I could take see. it to another level, and that just pisses me off because I think like gives people a crutch. I see what you're saying. Since, and of course, you have a personal connection to it, and clearly, uh, I don't think I don't remember you ever going to juvenile jail. Uh, you know, I think I I think I skipped that one. That would have been probably found you out. You were never my, expelled on my academy missions. I think that would have been a hell of a. You time didn't drop out of high school. I, I you didn't have help. a child. Uh, no, I was a first generation college grad. Exactly. Yeah. Now. There, of course, statistics. There's twice as likely, right. meaning that there's another side of the story, I understand. right? I understand, um, but that doesn't get told. The, it doesn't. The the pessimist yes. writes these statistics, try to get a little clickbaity, yeah, and that's where I get a problem. No, but what I like to, what I'm trying to convey here, I, I understand, isn't that, um, isn't that you can't succeed if you're in a single parent, parent, uh, female led household, mm-hmm. but that there are repercussions to having those type of family setups. That's what I'm trying to convey. Is no, that, and I get that, man. Yeah. I knew that's where you were getting okay. at. Those statistics just always kind of hit a chord with oh, me just yeah. because it pisses me off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because it does create this cycle. I mean, what did we both just conclude? Oh, look at this vicious cycle that occurred. Yeah. No, F that. It doesn't have to create that cycle. That's true. That is it true. doesn't have to. It doesn't. You, you know, can stand out. Exactly. Stand out. So, um, anyways, man. So, did you, did you see what the average age of someone getting going through their first divorces? I'm going to say it's between 22 and 25. Uh, 25 and 39. So oh. th- that mean right there, the, the bulk of people are getting divorced at 30 years old. I did see that if you get married, though, between the ages of 20 and 25, you are much more likely to get a divorce. So the, the sweet spot apparently for marriage is 25 to 30. Oh, interesting. Which we I did not come across that. Are yeah, in that spot. Both of us check that box. Yeah. Exactly. That's apparently the sweet spot for marriage right now. Um you you see a 25% less likelihood of divorce. I didn't know that. So so that's a pretty big range though. 25 to 39. Oh, that's huge. You you go through so many different life events in that 50 14 years. That's like a majority of your your adult life. I know. Not not proud of business insider on this one, but you know, those are <laughs> those are the statistics you provide me. I love that. Um so talking about single parent, um, mom or, or mother, female-headed uh, families, one other thing um, that I think is uh, something that we need to be very co- cognizant about is it, there's a, a drastic increase of um, self-sufficiency or lack of self-sufficiency uh, in single parent female-led households, which makes a lot of sense, right? If you have two parents, there's two possible income streams. Somebody could work part-time. So uh, 37% of single-parent female-headed households um, uh, are officially poor uh, in in the U.S. um, right now. So so if you are a single mother um, with kiddos, it's just challenging to make ends meet, um, which I think most people could understand. It's definitely harder. So uh, compared to 7% of married couples, so it, it is much easier to uh, pay for things and to have a uh, a, a life of you know ease uh, from a money standpoint. If you have two people in a family, not saying that both people have income by any means, but for whatever reason, it allows for you no know, more time. It makes sense. You have two individuals that can now devote time to the child, yep. or both of you maybe have part time jobs, whatever it is, more money. Yeah, you, you know, one thing that I I found that was pretty interesting. So money, of course, you know, yeah. we all hear finances, right? Yeah. But uh, maybe a little bit lesser known, you know, because we always hear money, uh, infidelity. Um, oh, for the reasons for divorce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what, what, I, I know money, infidelity. Probably, what would you probably say? Probably domestic abuse. Domestic violence, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But one thing that I, I came across is uh, habits. Infidelity and more, means like... Um, cheating. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the more interesting statistics... It, Good, bad, or indifferent. This is just a, a very interesting statistic. Me, st- why why am I having such a hard time to say statistic? statistic. Um, is alcohol habits? Oh, I so, did see that. Yeah. So if let's say um, let's just use a very personal uh, agenda. So let's say I am a heavy drinker and my wife Brittany is not. Oh, there's a fifty percent likelihood that we would divorce them. But oh, let's say no. I'm a heavy drinker and Brittany is also a heavy drinker. No, thirty percent. Oh. So we're both heavy drinkers, or let's say I'm not a heavy drinker, she's not a heavy drinker, still that same. So it's all as long as your habits are aligned. It's whenever one partner is misaligned as far as an alcohol habit. You know, I bet that makes sense though, because twenty percent. Yeah, that's pretty significant. Well, I bet you, you know, couples that have similar desires and similar hobbies yeah. are going to stay together longer because it's easier to relate. So, so I think the alcohol thing is just one of the many. I think it's yeah. an overarching picture. They they specifically say alcohol habits. Yeah, but I think this is habits as a whole. I think it's just a little bit more indicative of yeah. how aligned are you. 
I know that the alcohol is probably the most extreme because there's uh, repercussions of heavy drinking, right? As you could probably imagine. So that makes sense that it's probably the most, like I'm guessing, you know, if your hobbies don't perfectly align, it's not a huge deal. But if you're a big drinker and you're always passing out in the, you know, on the floor, that's probably going to affect your marriage, I would imagine. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> okay. So a um, couple of things, let's see here. What I, I found from the CDC um, they track marriage and divorce um, pretty well. Um, I think they're they've been tracking it for a hundred plus years. Uh, not them specifically, but uh, the U.S. government in in general. And the CDC now kind of owns this. Um, so one of the cool things, uh, which is kind of weird, you know, CDC. Why are they you know tracking this? Because there's actually a health outcome related to marriage. Uh, marriage has actually been shown to be a highly correlated to positive health outcomes and also uh, lifespan increases. So I don't know if you saw it, Jared, but if you're if we're married, we're married, right? Yeah. We're gonna live a little longer just be, because we're married. If we make it, you know, to whatever age we're gonna live to, we're gonna make it to you know four or five years longer. You know, I didn't come across that. Yeah, that's pretty. So married I guess, couples. I mean, I guess at times. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, marriage does take work. Obviously, you know, at times it can be stressful, but also it, it can be equally and obviously more beneficially rewarding, less stressful because you have that partner to lean on. I mean, prime yes. example. I am. I'm 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 pretty heartbroken right now with my back. You know, just to give you a couple examples, I can't put on my own pants. Yeah. I can't dry my legs after the shower. I mean, there's a lot of things that I can't do that. You know, Brittany's obviously been able to to pick Help up the slack. Out. So, yeah, I, I can definitely see that to where there's there's health benefits from a from a contentment standpoint. Like morality. I have a partner. Yeah. Um. That, that's, moral. I think not morality. Moral. I, I think I think that's why the financial piece is so hard because, you know. Let's say both part, both you know, man and woman are working, and you know we have those two income streams. Or let's say you know all of a sudden once kids come to play picture, you know one of the spouses decides to work from home. That's yeah. still an indirect income stream because that's income that you're not having to shell out for childcare and stuff like that. I mean, it, it's a legitimate partnership, um, and I think it's great whenever you can truly lean on one another. So therefore, I can easily see those uh, those health benefits. Health man. benefits, isn't yeah, that cool? that's a no brainer. So I that's think, an now easy that I think one. About that. Um, death rates uh, for males and females are lowest uh, among those that are married um, and highest among those that are widowed. So you can see that marriage and traumatic impact because of being married for so long could be you know pretty traumatic to your health. So the highest is widowed people and then uh, divorced and never married individuals are kind of in the middle of the pack. So you can see if, if we've been long you know married for 20, 30 years and one of us dies, <clears throat> It has a huge effect on my personal health, which is interesting. Um, also, um, healthier people are also more likely to get married. And so, you know, it kind of makes sense. Uh, similar birds flock together or whatever it may be. What's the right terminology there? Yeah, birds of a feather flock together, right? Exactly. So, hey, you know what? If I'm health conscious, I'm probably going to marry somebody that's also health conscious. But people that are unhealthy are going to have a more challenging... And it actually makes sense. So well, I think because they think less of themselves, so therefore they're not as outgoing. They're not ever going to initiate a conversation with a male oh. or female. So yeah, I get that. And there's also uh, probably a reproductive mechanism. Yeah, probably. Honestly, look, Evolution. I know this sounds kind of morbid. Exactly. You don't want to reproduce. You yes. don't feel like reproducing. Right? Or, or if I reproduce with you, you may die early and you may now cause me to be negatively affected. Yeah. So kind of an interesting one there for health. Um, let's see here. Marriage rates. When were they highest? Did you come across this? Marriage rates? Yeah. When was the highest point in time in American history, at least recent history in the last hundred years? I'm going to go with the forties. World War II. Yep. Good job. <laughs> World War II, 16 per thousand people were getting married per year. You know, all these GIs, oh, of yeah, course. Oh yeah, they're coming back. They're either coming back and getting married or before they were leaving, they were getting married. Oh, right. So either one of those, they come back. Yeah. Yeah. Either one man, a lot of these guys, they didn't know if they were coming back or not. So yeah. guess what they said? I'm, I'm going to get married. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So highest, uh, highest marriage rates, uh, at 16 per hundred, uh, or sorry, 16 per thousand people per year. Okay. The lowest is right now. We are at the lowest point in time for marriages at six per 1000. So what's, what's going on here? Why, why do we go from 16 to six? In less than a hundred years, it's it's actually a dramatic impact on child raising, on relationships. There's a big difference there. And now we're going to get into opinions here a little bit with the beer. We but. are we are transitioning our second beer, so I'm going to wait for you to crack it and let's because uh, I think that's a really interesting question. I think we can go pretty deep on it. So crack your second beer. Let's get this rating out of the way, Ooh. and uh, and then we'll go there. Okay. 
All right, so guys, this is, uh, again, you know, we're kind of on the Santan kick. You know, again, uh, Cody and I, we really believe in trying to support these local breweries as much as possible. So this is their Moon Juice Galactic IPA. Um, kind of a fun, uh, it's it's a hefty one. So it's 7.3%. So again, if the bottom third of this podcast sucks, sorry. Um, <laughs> the beer is great, though. The beer is great. Yeah, the beer is great. So hold on. Yeah, give us a rating here. So we, we both have had this beer, I think, in the oh, past. hundreds of times. Probably. Okay. There's a reason I bought it again. I, I, I like it. I, I got to go probably 4-2. Woo. I think this is a solid, solid beer. So Santan Brewery, shout out to those guys, of course. Local yep. brewery. Love them. They are fantastic. I think I told everybody last time we've had one of these, they have a, a distillery and a brewery that you can tour. Yep. If you're in the Phoenix, Tempe, Chandler area, Go check them out. The uh, brewery tour is amazing. They have, I don't know if I should say a thousand, but close to a thousand barrels of whiskey currently stacked in their warehouse that you can go actually see. And a couple of them are actually, um, I don't know the right terminology where they poke a hole in them and they put a spout in there and you can actually taste it straight oh, out of the barrel. That's cool. Before it's even ready. So you can kind of, t- and they have stages. That would be really so. It's cool to see. Hey, this is a a a two year, a five year, a ten year age barrel, and so they have them all getting aged. And here's one unique thing, and I'll give you my rating. We move on. Something I never knew, and and I don't know if this is good or bad for Santan. If I'm sharing this information live here, (laughs) Uh but um, in Arizona, you can age whiskey a lot faster because of how uh, dry it is. So apparently, a lot of whiskey is um, aged in barrels in the uh, kind of south kentucky tennessee in those areas and it's very humid there so the barrels um don't con- they, they don't contract and uh disc you know go up, you know i don't know what's the opposite of contracting i knew it before you asked me whatever the opposite of contracting is everybody but anyways they don't open you know get bigger and smaller and that's the process that actually makes the whiskey age here in arizona We'll have a humid day once every month, and there's a huge expansion of the uh, uh, oak barrel, and then it'll it'll contract as well, which is pretty unique. So uh, they can age whiskey a lot faster, apparently, in yep. their cycle. They Interesting. Can add I didn't know that. Yeah, very very cool. All right. My my uh, ranking for this beer uh, longest juice, drum roll I've ever had to I do. Know. I I don't like IPAs. I know you don't. But I'm gonna give this a solid four zero. I think yeah. it's a great I think beer. We're both pretty high on it. I think it's, it's a, a it's a great beer. I think it's solid. Yeah, four zero guys. All right, man. So, so hit me with your question again. I want to know. Exa- I want to be able to answer it properly. Yeah. So, I think this might be the crux of this entire episode. Yep. We had sixteen, which was the highest in the forties per thousand marriages. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're now at the current low of American history. Six. Six yeah. Per thousand people are getting married. It's the lowest we've ever seen. We have high divorce rates, so not only are six people per year getting married, but another th- three of those six people are also getting divorced. Mm-hmm. So we have very low marriage rates. Do um, you think it's a happiness problem? Do you think it's a relationship problem? Do you think it's something else? And this is where we're, of course, going to get into some hard opinions here. So so first, I want to address you know the, the drastic drop down to six. Yeah. And, and that's the highest, so I understand some of it, but... yeah. Um, honestly, I, I think this is, uh, this is society's fault. Uh, right now we have placed so little value on the traditional marriage. Um, right now the nuclear family in American culture, I don't feel like exists like it did in the forties when it was a mom and dad, a little boy and a little girl. It's attacked. Maybe almost. a freaking dog. Um, you know, the, from a foundational pillar of, of America, I don't feel like it, it's common to, to go to church and to, to practice, um, you know, the pillars that you get uh, taught there. I I don't think it's as valued, man, overall. I think it's a society issue. So, and I always fight you on the society thing because I, I think society is a, a personal opinion thing or a personal um, choice, right? So if, It's a personal choice, but whenever you yeah. talk about the masses, it's observing. No, correct. Yeah, if you have 10 people in a room and all 10 people do the same thing, that's a society doing the same thing. But what if there's one outlier? To your point, you're an outlier okay. with a single-parent household. Why can't everybody be an outlier? Is it really society's problem or is it an individual choice? Well, if everyone's an outlier, then the, the data is interpreted differently. Correct. All I'm, all I'm kind of pushing you on is, okay. is, is, is society stating that you shouldn't get married and have kids 
or am I personally saying that I don't want to get married and have kids? All, I, all, I'm pushing. I, I, I get what you're saying. Now. Yeah. So, is it more of me wanting to do it, or am I actually having influence? Which I get. There might be some outside influence, but how much is it outside influence and personal influence based on maybe how I was raised, media, things like that? I think it's a hard. I think this you is know, a husband, hard man, I don't really know how to answer that, man, off the off the cuff here. So. It's that 7-3 talking, huh? I, exactly. I, I guess my my point is, is people have lost the value in marriage. They don't understand the benefits of a true partnership. I, I agree. I agree. I think, and I think that and might I, be a parent yeah. pushdown. Do you think it's on parents? Who, who should be actually teaching that? I don't think we can put it on society. No, 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 no. I would never expect society, government, or anything. Yeah. I, I think this has got to be a family. The, the head of the household, traditionally the man, yeah. I feel like has to instill, what does your family stand for? Yeah. Who do you want to be known as? Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, I, I, I got to go. I got to go. Uh, people don't value value marriage anymore. They don't understand what it's like to, to truly have someone that you can lean on in, in good times or bad. Yeah. No, I, I think I agree. Um, so you're saying, okay, over the last, uh, what, 70 years yep. since World War II, you know, started almost, I Ish, guess. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, so let's say 70, 80 years, um, we have not gone to church anymore, which I think church is a critical point to believing in marriage and yeah. understanding the benefits, right? So let's say church has gone down. Also, maybe the head of the household has slightly lost. Yeah. Lost. Because of that. Yep. Um, now it's kind of a, uh, unfortunately another vicious cycle because divorce creates less head of households. Correct. Because or, you, you introduce single moms, unfortunately, traditionally mm-hmm. single moms is leading the house. And yeah. unfortunately then maybe they don't have time to go to church because they're working two jobs, et cetera. So, it's not like they can't it, be ahead of household. It's just that they're going to priority shift when exactly. you're a single parent. Exactly. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not shaming no. single moms or no. single anyone for that matter. It's just, this time is an observation. Sucks. Time time is a problem when you are a single parent. Correct. 100% agree Correct. with that. Okay, um, I like that. I like that observation. Now, how about how about this? Um so we we're both uh married. Uh I have uh, a little girl. Uh-huh. Um so with a little girl, there is something that I need to of course instill in her to understand that there is a value in finding somebody in a lifelong partner. Right. Correct. And so that's what you're kind of stating is, hey, as a family, as a father, as a head of household, me and my wife need to make sure that she knows that, hey, you know, it's probably a good idea that you someday find somebody that loves you and you love the same amount and that you want to start a family because did you not have a great job with our family? That that you're morally aligned to. Hey, Bingo. look how me and your mom. Deal. Yeah. Because look, you know, you and Anna have, I would say, a very strong marriage, but it hasn't always been roses. You yeah. know, and I think it'd be important for Lillian, your daughter. To see, wow, look how mommy and daddy, you know, tackle these problems. Deal with issues. Mommy has these strengths, daddy has these strengths, and so on and so forth. And and I think that's just lacking, man. So you think that a majority of marriages, they they essentially shield their children from the bad times almost, maybe? What do you think? Actually, I would uh, argue the opposite. I would say they shield them from the good times and just overly highlight the negative times by arguing constantly in front of them. Oh. Yeah. And that makes them not want to get married. Exactly. That My interpretation, man. Yeah. I wouldn't say shield from the bad. I would say shield from the good. You know, I don't, I don't know if I agree because okay. most parents right now, from my observations, try to shield their children from bad things, falling on their knees, scraping up their face, whatever it is. Okay. I don't know because, you know, of course, Lillian's very small. So you mean to tell me if all these parents are shielding from the bad times, that would contribute to the decrease in marriages? I mean, if, if I got just purviewed to all the great things about marriage, why wouldn't I just be, you know, first out the door to, to get married? Well, when I said shield from the bad times, it's kind no, of weird. But- maybe, maybe me and you are on different. I was actually thinking like things that are horrible for the family. I was thinking things that are bad for the family okay. and that you need to see your parents deal with it. Okay. Not like stupid stuff. Unfortunately, most marriages bicker over our dumb things. Yeah. Right. I, I'm at fault of this. My wife is not, to be honest. My wife is much better at this. I am at fault with this. But most marriages, they, and I think this is where I think you were going, is that they fight over stupid stuff. And Continually, that, though. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, like, I, when I always said the negative or the bad stuff, I was thinking things that, like, are impacting, like, oh, okay, are we going to be able to, um, Go to the grocery store and affair, uh, afford um, Honey Nut Cheerios. Uh, and I was thinking, okay, okay, I see where you're going. Now the child understands that, hey, there are 
challenges in life that me and my, my, my significant other need to be able to get through together. And maybe it's finances one year, maybe it's finding a job another year, maybe it's understanding how, um, you know, the house works when, when the water heater stops working. I think I was, I was kind of thinking. Okay, maybe of, I misinterpreted your question. No, now yeah. I see where, I think we're a little bit more aligned than I initially thought yeah. now that I understand what you're asking. Yeah, I was trying to kind of get to like, um, I think, I think a lot of children are shielded from real problems. And so when they get out in the real world, they are berated, I think. Yeah. With real problems okay. and they don't know how to deal with them. And if they don't know how to deal with them, you're not going to find a partner. You're going to be, you're going to have angst. You're going to be depressed. You're going to have your own issues that you're now going to be not as marketable to somebody else. And I think that and if you have two people that are not very marketable because they have their own issues, they're not going to get married. Yeah. That's what I was kind of getting. To. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. I, I now understand where you're getting at and I'm, I'm on board with you. And maybe they're actually getting shielded from both and that's not good either. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. That's actually a really good point. So you don't understand the good, and then you don't understand the problems that you know mom and dad have to overcome together. Yeah. So you're just kind of it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting transition as far as you know because obviously you know the parents have to work on their marriage yeah. and obviously they have to work in a cohesive unit to you know be parents as well. But man, when you're eighteen, it's interesting. You go in the real world. You don't know how your you don't know how relationships work. I feel like I, I feel oh like hell no. I, right? I honestly had little understanding of finances, relationships. Yeah, yeah. And I think that might be what I'm saying. People are shielded from. Yeah. Man, I, <sighs> the bad and the good. I'm saying the bad might be a big deal, but you know, I I understand the good though yeah. too because I feel like the good though is like, hey, we're going to Disneyland. Like everyone gets to see that shit. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. But I almost feel like you know to to kind of parlay on your point because I, I think you're I think you're close to something there I almost think it's up to the parents to say hey what all goes into going to Disneyland what did me and your mom have to do in order for us to go to Disneyland those are the bad things that get shield they're kind of like hidden almost yeah but I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say bad mm. I, I, I don't want to say bad I just want to say hey th- it's work. work hey these are the barriers that we had these are the sacrifices that we had to make I almost want to phrase it as that because bad I don't. I don't really like that, and I know yeah. I'm arguing over semantics. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. tomato, tomato here. Yeah. So I'm not really trying to get down that rabbit hole, but I almost think like, hey, this this isn't as easy as just you know swiping a magic card and it's all free. No, this is what me and your mom had to do to put into place. You know, whether you start teaching your kid about investing, and you know that way you start getting into a little bit more foundational pillars and growth at a younger age, maybe, and really understand what it's like to have a partner there. No, so I, I know I've been kind of hogging the mic, man. So let me, let me get your at, uh, at your root cause, dude. I was gonna I was gonna wait till my next beer because I got more stuff here to pry from you. Okay, let's. I'm gonna let's, go next uh, beer, dude. I, I love I love getting on sixty minute style. Yeah. So I am I'm pulling from you, and I think I'm gonna I have an I have a a little bit different perspective actually. Yep. So I want to keep it for a full beer. Okay. I'm gonna so because I like where you're coming, and I think there there hey there's lots of factors. Well, also I mean you know let let's point out to our audience you know you and I truly do have different perspectives. I.e. me coming from a divorced household multiple times you know with my dad yeah. has gotten divorced, and then you your parents have been happily married for 100%. about 30, 40 years. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think thirty five years. Yeah. 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 Correct. Yeah. Yeah. My parents, of course, uh, you know. <laughs> And, and the funny thing is, I talk about the good and the bad. I saw plenty of it. My parents were very explicit with their good and bad. I'm sure they hid things, of course, as we oh, were yeah. growing up. Yeah. But the neat thing is, we are, you know, I have two other brothers. We're all pretty much out of the house. We're on our own. And, uh, you know, now your parents still talk about all those situations that they went through. And you're like, what? This happened? And you're right. They do get shielded. But most of the things that I think they shield us from were, were the really, really bad stuff, right? They wanted to protect our, our, our innocence almost. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push yeah, one thing on here. So you're like, okay, hey, uh, last 70, 80 years since marriage rates were really high, um, we had a nuclear family that was kind of the American dream. Hey, marry someone that you love, have some kiddos with them, buy your own house, right? That's a great vision. Yeah. Okay. One of the things you said, and I'm going to push on this is, and, and you know better than me, of course, what do you think the, what do you think the uh, factor of church is in all that. So, so what does church give people, right, to help them through understanding how valuable marriage is and also keeping it? So, you know, it's not always easy to, to you know, to, you know, live a, a Christian lifestyle, right? There are a lot of temptations in the world. There are a lot of people that don't believe anymore. But one of the great things that my wife and I, and, and she's extended to, uh, you know, friends and then her, her, uh, 
her mom and dad and brother, and it's great. We have a great little community that we go to church every freaking Sunday. Most Sundays, you know, obviously, you know, things just happen. But one of the great things that I love is the conversation that it invokes afterwards. And it's ultimately, it all, it all filters down on how to be a better person. How do, how do I be a better man to my wife? How does she be a better woman to her husband? How do you be a, a better friend? How do you be a better person? And that's fundamentally, I, I feel like that's how it is to be a better Christian. You know, to learn how to, to forgive, to learn how to be a better person, to learn how to give back. Um, that, that's truly what I get out of church. So um, maybe it just incites the conversation that probably should be happening no matter what. Maybe that's what you're trying to get to. That's sure. why I'm here. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. It incites a conversation that you probably should be it, having. It's a forum that yeah. gives you different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that should be happening. But unfortunately, as as statistics are telling you, I don't feel like it is. No, no, I, I hear you. Um, I'm going to ask you for a hard example, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about something first. So I'm going to let you think about a hard example because I think... A hard example of? Of when you guys have actually went to church and then you know maybe driving home, okay. maybe in the parking lot, whatever it is. Like, hey, man... Think about this. So I'll give you a second, of course, to think about one, because I think it's good to share this type of stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, it's funny that you say the conversation and what incites it. And what I was thinking is, hey, you know, and me and my wife by no means, and she's been trying to convince me for sure that we need to start going to church on Sundays. And it's not like I'm pushing back. I just, and it's horrible to say, I am somewhat of a busy person. And so I have stuff and I'm a planner and I plan things months in advance. And so weekends are booked yep. <laughs> in my perspective. Yep. And she, of course, says, well, that's not true. Yeah, with priorities. Man. Yeah, exactly. So um, one thing I was thinking is when we go to a movie or I mean, we haven't been to the movies in a year since we have a baby now. But when we go to movies <laughs> or we go to a wedding, for example, we've been going to a lot of weddings the last couple of months, right? When we leave, I feel like we always have really, really good, insightful conversations because we were able to uh, we, maybe watch a movie and there was a couple of scenes in there and now we get to talk about it. And you're like, man, what about this? Like, what do you think about that situation? We were at the wedding. Wow, it's so fun to see, you know, that couple again. Hey, that couple seems like they're, you know, not having a good time. And we're able to have a conversation that's different than our normal day-to-day conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because I'm like, man, that actually sounds exactly what Jared is trying to say. It, it creates a conversation that is um, not part of the normal day-to-day routines. Yeah. And that's that's healthy for relationships. So I don't know if you can provide an example. Yeah, of man. Uh, I, I love the little ad lib that you gave there. Yeah. But um, So I guess as far as an example, I'll, I'll give you the most recent week. So un- unfortunately, we were on vacation. We are out in Dallas this past Sunday. But the, the Sunday before... Um, our church was doing a little series. It was called the Home Field Advantage. In the last three or four Sundays, we've been doing this. And uh, the most recent one was, so the pastor, his name's Pastor Bill, and uh, he's a big sports guy. So he always loves, he, he actually kind of reminds me of you as far as he always tries to bring everything back to analogies to make it, yeah, a, little make more, it a little bit more palatable. Hit home. Wait, that's funny. Oh, hit home. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And I'm about to give you a baseball analogy. <laughs> so anyways, he was talking about the family dynamic. Um, and then he started equating that to the baseball field. And he says, you know, the two of the more important positions on, on the baseball field is the pitcher and the catcher. He goes, which one would you say? Now, <laughs> thank you for the laugh because I was trying to yeah, make I it through that. Thank you. And he goes, which one would you say is the pitcher or the catcher, the, the man or the wife? Well, Jared's probably the catcher. I, I know you're trying to make a, I'm a joke sorry. there. Thank you. I'm and I appreciate sorry, it. Man. And I, I couldn't have resisted if I was you, so I don't yeah. blame you. But anyways, truthfully, yes. I think it depends on the day. No, no, no. Oh. Truthfully, the wife's the pitcher. And the husband's the catcher. And the reason Elaborate. why. So the catcher, you know, we, we call the shots, right? You know, you know, oh. I give you a fastball, curveball. Now the pitcher, sometimes they know if their curveball isn't hitting, they can shake you off. They deliver. But if all of a sudden you start mm. shaking off all my pitches, because I have a pulse on the batter as well, I'm we're having a little conversation. We have to discuss why. And also the catcher is looking at the entire field. They're calling mm. all the different moves, shifting right, shifting left, et cetera. So it was really interesting as far as the family dynamic. Hey, we're both important. We're both pivotal to the team. Every single But you are looking play. at it from a pitch-by-pitch pitch standpoint. I'm looking at the, all eight players in front of me. So it was a really interesting analogy. And, and honestly, that got us talking. And then with my in-laws, who have been married for, I believe, 37, 38 yeah. years. So it's, it's really interesting to get their perspective on, hey, how they've, you know, kind of how Mike has been the, the metaphorical catcher and yeah. how Lori's been the, the, uh, the pitcher there. So that's a, that's a recent example, man. And I think I to, to piggyback on your point, I think it's, what it does is it gets Brittany and I in a cadence of minimum 
every week or we, we strive to, I would say a, an honest minimum three out of four Sundays a month that we're having these conversations. And sometimes they're, they're uncomfortable. Sometimes they're great and easy flowing. Sometimes she interprets something. Sometimes I'm way off. Way yes. off. And it's great to actually understand the different perspectives just for our base off our life experiences. So yeah, that was a very long-winded way of saying is I think with all your experiences with going to weddings, et cetera, that this is almost not a force. Force is an ugly word. It invokes a, a conversation that needs to be had because that way we can get stronger because I can appreciate her and she can appreciate my different perspective. I love it. So I love that you came up with an example on the spot. Of course, you know, I make people, I make people uncomfortable all day long. Yeah. But I love that you came up with that because I, all I was thinking this entire time was you came up with that example because you guys put yourself in an uncomfortable position, literally, right? You could have just went and listened. I'm sure there's people who go there. They do their, they do their hour. They leave. You guys went out in the parking lot because I know you didn't drive maybe all together with the parents or whatever. But you went in the parking lot and said, "Hey, man, Pastor Bill, you are you are you a catcher, Mike? Jerry, are you a catcher?" You, all of a sudden, guess what? You started some dialogue. You had the conversation. It probably lasts for another thirty minutes. Well, yeah, we actually sit up. There's a little uh, booth or not, like a couple benches, and yeah. we grab a coffee. Yeah, and we'll sit there probably forty five minutes to an hour talking and, about the sermon. And there's bonding going on there yep. that is irreplaceable. True growth that is happening. Bingo. Yeah. For the next six, seven days between that Sunday and that Sunday, hell, you guys probably didn't, have, you wouldn't have to talk to each other because there's so much value created in that one session. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, okay, well, what about, you know, maybe the, the nuclear family of today? Let's just say mom, father, right? Some kiddos. Yep. What's their average, you know, nightly routine or their weekend routine? I don't know if they're getting that much in, you know, uh, bonding because of Netflix. Are they having a family dinner? Bingo. Netflix. uh, They got other stuff. I'm sure there's people out there doing, you know, the sporting event stuff. But there's things that get really tied up. And and unfortunately, couples, to your point, um, in especially a family setting, the bonding starts to um, become not a priority, right? Because you have to worry about the kiddos, school work, house stuff. And, and so, of course, I think this is very valuable. We're moving to our last beer, right? Yep. Okay, man. You ready? I'm going to... Uh, so you, you've already staked your claim. You're going to hit me with a full beer, man. I'm going to hit you with a full beer. I, I like where you're at. I think there is a, a large amount of potential with where you're coming from. Okay. But... And, and, and it's a... Uh, what's a causation? Causation isn't necessarily correlation. Yeah, yeah. I think I think your component is is it'll always be there. I think I think religion and the nuclear family. I think it, it should be there. And, and you're right; it's not getting taught properly. But I think, unfortunately, there is a boogeyman okay in the midst. Let's hear it. That's affecting us worse, and it starts with a G. Government. Okay. I know. You don't let know me, where I'm coming let me, from. Let me hear you out. I'm not, I'm not sure your angle yet. It is a boogeyman that I think very little people want to believe is affecting their marriage or their future marriage. You're talking politics? Like Dude, Republican, Democrat? Nope. Not or? even close. Okay. Not even close. This is 70 years ago government stuff. Okay. So in the 19, 1960s, the war on poverty started. The war on poverty occurred in the 1940s, uh, sorry, 1960s, 1965, 1966. And in 1964, only 7% of children were born to unmarried women. 7%. Wow. Okay. As soon as the war on poverty occurred, right? This is an executive order, I think, by Nixon, right? He said, we are going to end poverty Jimmy Carter went ahead and took it, you know, as well. Um, all of a sudden, we saw a drastic increase. I don't have numbers as of recent as today, yeah. but 2013, now 41% of all children are born outside of marriage. So 40, one in 40. two children almost. 41% okay. of children are born outside of marriage. Yep. Okay. Well, okay. Causation, or sorry. Correlation does not equal causation. Right. Okay. So, okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe people just didn't want to have, you know, kids while they were married. Maybe they're just having it now outside of marriage. Okay. Okay. I, I, maybe, maybe that's possible. Well, there are now 80 plus programs since 1964 
that incentivize single female-headed households mm. only. These 80 programs incentivize single female-headed households. So if you're a single woman and you have children, you will get paid. They only started in 1964. And since that year, they have increased every single year. This equates to $840 billion a year in welfare funds. So, so people, women, are intentionally having kids I'm out of gonna, wedlock. I'm not going to take it that far. Okay. I, I, th- there may be some. I mean, okay, let me, uh, I'm not trying to you know, pigeonhole you. Yeah. But the statistics are telling us that women are intentionally having kids out of wedlock to get more money. No, there, there, there could be some outliers. Of course, I'm not trying to say that's the majority. Okay, the majority of instances are that females, when they are pregnant, they are not holding the man responsible for the situation, and know that they can have a they have a fallback plan. So the fallback plan has essentially de- eroded the value of marriage. Mm. So what happens is... I don't need that partner anymore. Bingo. The government's my partner. Bingo. Gotcha. So I am marrying not a significant other. I am marrying a welfare system that's going to support me. No matter what. Bingo. And... This man could be temporary, but the government's forever. At least right now. 18 years. So what's funny is, is, you know what makes me feel like this is pretty dang close to heart? Just randomly, I'm listening to that Dave Ramsey conversation. And we're going full circle here. What did that guy want to do? And it's funny. It's a guy. I don't care if it's a guy or a girl, to be honest. But guess what? The guy was looking to take advantage of the welfare system to help him out. He was going to marry the government to help his own children. Making $100,000 a year. Bingo. So if I... That's so wrong. He's probably in the what? Top 5%. Yeah. He is a a 5% or 10% or whatever it is in Canada. But anyways... So you have a guy that has plenty of money, plenty of assets, married to a sugar mama, to be honest. Yeah, let's call it what it is. Yeah. And now, I I think it is not crazy to believe that there are are people, and and we know 37% of female-headed households are in a financial problem situation, that they say, you know what? Yeah, unfortunately, I can't make ends meet. I need food stamps. I need housing allowance. I need things like that. It's easier for me to just deal with my my programs that I can get. I'll get out of the situation in, in two years, three years, five years, whatever it is. But if I marry somebody, and here's the crazy thing. There are numbers on this, actually. And this is where I started going down a rabbit hole. Oh, I can know you, yeah. There is a rule that was instituted in the act called Aid to Families with Dependent Children. So this is the very first government program, Aid to Families, which is funny how it's the word family here, right? Because me and you both believe a family is what? Man and woman. Yeah, well, government says don't need a man because they said if there is a man in the house rule, it's called a man in the house rule, quite literally. That is the rule. Oh, this is about to piss me off. A number of states enacted a so-called man-of-the-house rule, which disqualifies families if there is any adult male present in the household whatsoever. They cannot be part of the welfare program. That's wrong. So as soon as... You're incentivizing the man to get the hell out of the house. Or the female to kick him out. Or to not actually marry up. Or to not actually be a provider. Yeah, you can stay over on the weekends. We'll do our little dirty, dirty. But guess what? You're not a provider. Because as soon as you're a provider, I don't get my $12,000 check. I don't get my $5,000 in in food stamps, whatever it may be. Yeah. So it's funny because they even named it called Man in the House. Like, how how transparent is this? Okay. That's horrible. So even crazier, what they call a means-tested welfare program. That's what they call it. Means. Means. means Means-tested. Okay. Kind of a weird word. I don't know if they're trying to be statistical here. Are designed so the family benefits are reduced as earnings rise. Makes sense, right? So I start making well, more I money. I hope so. Right? Yeah. That's so in practice, fair. this means that low-income single mother marries an employed father. The welfare benefits will generally be substantially reduced. Well, that's fair. I mean, you're Makes adding sense. another in- income stream. Almost never happens. They the- never marry. 
they never marry. So people that are in the welfare state, right, or are using welfare programs of any yeah. start, those individuals are less likely to marry than the general public. Yeah, you know, so I, I've heard that. So I, I've unfortunately uh, I've heard those situations, and also, unfortunately, uh, reluctantly, admittedly, here I have family members um, that have taken advantage of said systems that they're just living together, but they're unmarried. That way, they can you know kind of suck out the government tit there, and also um, you know since we are talking about divorce, I've heard the same with alimony because alimony stops whenever you get remarried. Bingo. So these people just stay unmarried, you know. For all intents and purposes, they live in the same household. They share bills and everything. Yeah. But they stay unmarried, so that way they continue the alimony. Like, it just makes me so mad. Because look, I understand. And in a couple of different our podcasts, we have just said, "Oh, to hell with government! You're evil!" All this mm-hmm. stuff. Maybe again, maybe I'm just naive, but I do feel like with a lot of these laws, with the facts that they had at the time, they tried. For they tried good to intent. do something right. Good I intent. feel like good intent was truly met. Yes. With the implementation of these laws. And you have these son of a bitches that take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that you say that when it was good intent. So 1964, aid to families with dependents was enacted. Well, Bill Clinton came into office. He had a strong Republican Congress. Yep. Right. And he worked together with them really well, right? Uh, Democrat, President, Republican Congress. They said, hey, guys, um, these numbers aren't looking good. They actually said this whole man in the house rule is ruining America. They redacted most of that act. They replaced it with several other rules, several other laws. Now, a lot of this stuff is hard because the federal government has to make the rule and then the states have to actually, you know, enforce it and do all that stuff. So there's so much convolution. But in general, that law was in, 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 in use for 30, 40 years. So right now, me and you, we are products of a world of that law. So everybody that we know, right, was born pretty much in a society where that rule existed and that law existed. So this is a, 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 not, a, not, a not a 20, not a 30-year issue. This is 50, 60 years of repercussions yeah. now we have to deal with because of that. You know what's so interesting is about these laws— is well, yes, uh, again, maybe I'm naive and I would love to invite our listeners to in the comment section, DMs, yeah. whatever. Please let me know your perspective on this. But one of the things that I, I just find so interesting is very rarely, I feel like, do we, I feel like we just try to put a lot of band aids on a lot of things. We don't ever really truly look at the second and third order effects of the decisions. And I and I and I fault the individual just as much as I fault the government. Well, we're all individuals at the end of the day, right? Exactly. Even government people are. Exactly. But it's one of those things, man, where think about what you've done 60, 70 years ago when you enacted this law. Now you're trying to backpedal. You know, you're like, oh, shit. Trying to fix it, yeah. You're trying to fix it, but the damage has already been done. Like I just said, 30, 40 years. The momentum has already happened. You've already had an entire generation. I I don't know what what constitutes a generation, but surely a generation is 30 years. Maybe two generations. I I don't know what, what, what constitutes a generation then. But and then also those values then get passed on, and it just perpetuates, man. Uh huh. It's it's dangerous. So, I like your family values comment. I like your nuclear family. I think all that is true. Okay. Right now, now that I kind of showed you my opinion, do you think there's a boogeyman out there that's actually probably ruining some of this stuff for us? Unfortunately, so this is I think you mentioned more of a societal thing. I yeah. think there is. A guy behind. So you the think shoulders. this is an intentional? Thing. No, 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 no. I don't think it's intentional. Like okay. bo- a boogeyman is not born to be scary, right, or something like that. Like they, they just do things accidental, perhaps. They're just scary. Like okay. you know, kids are just scared of certain things. Yeah. Right. On accident, yeah, whatever yeah, it might yeah, be. Right. Yeah. Like the clown in it. Yep. The government just messed up. They put on some face makeup. They try to make something look good, whatever it may be. I'm calling the boogeyman because it's fun. Yeah, I like it. Right. But I think they're a boogeyman in this instance with marriage. I think they're a boogeyman with the family where they come in and try to fix something that actually probably didn't need to be fixed. Or what they did is they fixed something and there was unintended consequences that are 
absolutely more massive of a consequence, right? Hey, we're trying to help out the 2% of people in poverty in the 1960s. Little did they know that they were going to increase the amount of female-headed households to 37% that are now in poverty. They multiplied the amount of people, and unfortunately, the 2% were probably people that were maybe married and just you know, down on their luck, and they were just, unfortunately, there's outliers. Those you, you might know, be an outlier. You know, you know the whole poverty thing is, is pretty sad. So I was coming across an interesting statistic as far as um, marriage rates based on income. Yeah. And if you're in the top third, and the top third was um, upon secondary research, it was found if, you, if your household is making $85,000 or more, you're in the top third income earnings. 64% remain married if you are a top third income earner. Is that higher? I feel like it's I higher. mean, drastically higher. Yeah. Right? And here's the real scary part. Let's say you're in the bottom third. Your household income, I believe, is like 37000 and change. That's a good amount of money. 37000 As a household? I think it's fine. I think it's okay. I mean, you're not... We can't have everybody at the average because there's no I, average. I get it. I mean, by no means are you, are you going to Disneyland, to our, our earlier example, but... You know, you're you okay. Food on the table. There's food on the table. There's clothes on your back. Yes. Twenty six percent of twenty six percent were only married. Oh, well, all my information yeah. matches up with that. Exactly. They're incentivized exactly. at the lower income brackets to not be married. Isn't that wild? So twenty six to sixty four, fifty thousand dollars separates what forty percentage points? Oh my gosh, fifty thousand dollars. So at a, certain, wild? at a certain point, it doesn't ma- make sense to have an increased household income because you will lose the ten to fifteen thousand dollars in benefits. Bingo! Isn't that sad? Yeah, it was, it was interesting. So I came across that statistic, and I didn't really see a natural way to invite that until you just started bringing up your incentivization to to remain a woman led household without a man and at a lower income bracket, and that perfectly supports the twenty six percent marriage rate. Or, you know, staying married, right? As opposed to sixty-four percent of staying married. If you earn, eight, I think it's like eighty-six, eighty-seven thousand. Top third earner versus bottom third earner. Okay, dude, I'm. I I think I'm more frustrated now after talking to you. Yeah. Than I was prior after yeah. doing all this research. So let's do some closing statements. Let's but do what it. I want to do, wrap this up. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah. But what I want to do is let's maybe summarize what we think. And then maybe as Americans, what can we do to fix this? Because guess what? It's not like this is a government problem. This is not a societal problem. This is, guess what? You, me, everyone listening, this is our problem. This is an ownership issue. Bingo. So how do we fix this? And what's the issue? How do, how do you make sure this works? So, sorry, man. That's a hard question. That's why I'm put you it, first. It, it is, man. I don't blame you. I would have done the same had I thought of the question. <laughs> So how do we fix people thinking that instead of marrying the man responsible for these children and, and metaphorically marrying the government? That's the question. So do you th- uh, by the way, you never actually kind of, I told you that I think there is some value to your point. Yeah. What do you think about mine? Oh, no. I, th- I think it's an horribly insightful. It is, right? I, I reluctantly find it insightful. I don't want to believe these programs exist. I don't want to believe that these people are taking advantage of these programs. But unfortunately, as you listen to Dave Ramsey, unfortunately, you and I have friends and family members that wrongly manipulate, let's call it what it is, the system. Yeah. It's easier. Truthfully, I didn't go down that path. Uh, maybe a part of me didn't want to go down that path. Yeah. I'm glad you surfaced it. Uh, I think it's. I think these are statistics. These are data points that people need to know and people need to talk about and, yeah. and really start to internalize. Um, okay. So yeah, man, 100% hats off to you. I, I appreciate the research. I appreciate the stance. Damn. Okay. That's, yeah. So what do you think? What, what, okay, so what you, you just summarize. I think you should summarize, you know, family values, nuclear family, church. What's, what yeah. should people be... Wanting to do so ultimately, and then how do you fix it? Ultimately, uh, as far as a summarization, man. Look, I, I, this is this is still America. You know, freedom of religion, freedom to not be religious, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. right? So honestly, I'm okay if if you want to practice Christianity, you know, Catholicism, Judaism, whatever the hell religion you want. Great, I love yeah. it, all for it. 
Or if you want to be, you know, uh, atheist, fine. You do you. All I'm trying to have is I want to challenge you re- continuously on a weekly basis, quarterly basis, monthly basis. I just want you internally with your partner, with your family to be challenged on how to become a better person. How can I better contribute to this family? How can I better myself? How can I better contribute to the society as a whole? Yeah. That's, that's all I'm trying. I just personally find a lot of value in, in Christianity. That's, that's what I was trying to share with the listeners there. So that's kind of my summation is that I, I really I liked it. how you holistically said, Hey, you know, you and Anna have these conversations after weddings and, and so on and so forth. Me and my family, we have them, you know, Sundays with my pitcher and catcher example. Um, so I'm okay with the summation as far as a generality, as far as I'm just hoping that people continuously want to challenge themselves and their partners and their families to get better. Yeah. I want to summarize that. Uh, as far as the government goes, man, as far as... Uh, oh, don't take my steam, buddy. Oh, so 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 yeah, I summarize my piece. Yeah. Okay, so I'm yeah, okay with that. Yeah. And then what do I do to do better? Yeah, yeah. What should you recommend to our listeners? Like, hey, you know what? Honestly, man... This what is I, what I What I think do. people should do, and, and I think this is a lot bigger than, than just divorce issue, but I want to challenge people. I want to challenge our listeners to maybe branch out of their friend group a little bit. Ooh. I want to diversify your friend group. And I'm not talking about you know, have a Hispanic or an African-American or something like that. I'm talking mind difference. Exactly. I want you to introduce people into your friend group, into your everyday circle that are going to challenge your current practices and maybe force you to be better. Yeah. I like that. So I'm okay with, and this is with all, all subjects because I have certain friends that I know push certain buttons of mine to where, Hey, I need to keep on my grind or Cody's going to catch me. Hey, I need to keep on my grind or Keith is going to catch me. I need to keep on my grind or John's going to... I have those guys intentionally, strategically, if you will, that yeah. are going to force me to be better. Yeah. Whether it's uh, professionally, relationship-wise. Financially. Or, yeah, yeah, financially. or All just the different pillars. Personally, like, oh my gosh, this guy's doing good. I just want to yeah. feel good too. Yeah, hell yeah. I love it. I love it. I, I, those are good. Look, I'm not saying that everything's a competition, but what I'm saying is I like to surround myself with people that want me to be better and yeah. I want them to do better and therefore we kind of iron sharpens iron, right? Boom. So I want to challenge people. Look, if you find it religion, great. I love it. Yeah. Proponent, I would love to talk to you about it. But if you don't, cool. That's the great American dream. I just want to force you to be better. Okay. I love it, dude. Yeah. Let, no, let, no, let me get yours. So, um, you know, I, I attacked the welfare system, which I think some people might think is absolutely crazy, and others may think that, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I think that we have unfortunately incentivized a, a, a relationship with the government, right, instead of a relationship with people that actually that you, you're going to love. I don't think anybody listening, I don't think most Americans are going to say, I love my government. Well, guess what? Unfortunately not. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it's unfortunate. I don't think you should love people that do this type of stuff. I don't think that anybody in the history of man has loved those people. Yes, yes, yes. We need it. I'm not saying we don't need it. That is crazy talk. We need people to create rules, create laws. I believe in the rule, rule of the land. What I'm saying is love. Love is different. Okay. Right? So what I'm saying is, is, guess what? We don't need to fall in love with the government to support us. What you need to fall in love with is somebody that can support you, somebody that you can have children with. That's a different level, right? It's not I need them. It's that I love them, right? So what I'm saying is, unfortunately, we've, we've incentivized the love situation. Mm. We should never have done that. So um, if, if you are listening, what I'm advocating for is, hey, let's get the love connection of relationships out of government if we are loving somebody it should not be because of their financial situation it should not be because i'm bearing children with them it should be none of any of those things it's that i love them and unfortunately sometimes love creates children and now both of you are are responsible for those children you are responsible from the day you know they are conceived to the day that they go out and go marry someone else love it so guess what don't get the government in between those things because when they do that, unfortunately, it's, it's putting power to somebody 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 miles away from you, yeah. whatever it may be. So I'm, I'm saying, hey, you know what? Take the power back. Give it to yourself, you and your spouse, your future spouse, whatever it is. Um, make sure that um, if you're going to vote on anything, if you're going to advocate for anything, um, that you are trying to make sure that you and your future family is in mind. 
vote a little bit more holistically? Yeah. Vote with your family in mind and not what's going to help you out maybe financially. I think the financial, if we're trying to put finances before family, that's where we start suffering. Because I think your family is going to give you a lot more happiness um, than, than the finances are. So, hey, oh, I'm going to get more money if I vote this way uh, via a certain program. Maybe, but guess what? Maybe you don't have a husband anymore, or maybe you're not allowed to have a husband anymore because that program doesn't work for you. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I think my, my summary for any of our listeners are out there is look at what you're advocating for. Is it actually makes sense for a family structure that is supportive and also healthy? Love it. That's what I'm trying to say. Awesome, man. Guys. Who we got, who we got, who we got to follow? Who do we got to do, uh, listen to? Uh, so let, let's see, uh, We've been trying to end these podcasts. We're, guys, we're really trying to grow our presence here. We're really trying to impact you know, as many people as possible. And please, I don't want to just challenge you. I want you to challenge us as well. Uh, please, DMs, comments, et cetera. Yeah. Um, we invite it all. But please give us a follow at, at Six Pack Discussions. Love it. Later, Jared. Right. See Bye. you.